Welcome to another Star Wars podcast. We're back with another exciting breakdown of The Bad Batch Season 2. Very strong episode. I'm excited for the rest of this season. We've had three really good episodes in a row. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about the breakdown of this one. But I'm also just excited in general for the rest of Star Wars content that we have for this year. We have Mandalorian coming out soon. Um, I, the Bad Batch I know is going to be a fun watch all the way through. Um, it's a it's a very strong start. It's like probably the most excited I've been about Star Wars in in a, in a little while. So looking forward to breaking this one down. But how are you? How are you feeling? I'm great, and you know why I'm great? Why? Because we have a new nephew. We do. Yeah, we have a new nephew. We were just talking about that. Um, I saw him a lot this last couple of days. Probably Ooh. why this episode's a little late to to getting posted but that's super exciting it's the first grandkid from my parents first time uh you and i are um aunt and uncle actually i'm married into being an uncle so i've been an uncle now for a couple months but this is the first uh blood relative uh uncle situation yeah it's uh it's super exciting stuff it's now you guys have to refer to us as aunt melissa and uncle matt <laughs> uncle tommy <laughs> hey everyone welcome to another star wars podcast i'm aunt melissa and, and that's I'm, uncle matt i'm uncle tommy no, we're not. We're not sticking to that. That's an inside joke in the family. We're not sticking to that. That's super weird. I'm sticking um, to it. Anyway, we have a great Bad Batch episode to break down today. The Solitary Clone yeah. is the title of the episode. But before we get into that, we actually have breaking Star Wars news. Uh-oh. We are officially getting a Mandalorian Season 3 trailer tomorrow oh, that's on right. Monday yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, what is that? When is that airing and like what during what show? I believe it's on ESPN during Oh, for Monday, Monday Night, night Football. Football. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. right. Yeah, Let's that see. Is Mandalorian season three trailer tomorrow. Um, yep, it is on tomorrow, January sixteenth, during the ESPN NFL Super Wild Card Game event. This will be at eight p.m. Um, Eastern time. The trailer will be broadcasted at halftime of this game. It will be similar to what was experienced with the last Ant-Man 3 trailer. This is on comicyears.com. Great. Well, that's good news. We've had to wait long enough. <laughs> this hasn't... show is finally going to come out. I mean, isn't this like next to Bad Batch? Hasn't this also been delayed like three times? Yeah, it's been delayed a lot. I think initially it was going to come out December, right? And then they pushed it to January and then they pushed it to February. I, I could be pulling that out they of They pushed it ass. to March, actually. It's... I don't think it's out to the last week of March. Oh, that's right. Okay. Right, yeah, so they've I mean. pushed it a number of times, which is, I mean, like, it feels so long ago now. Like, what what was the season two finale? Like, two and a half years ago, two years ago? That would have been 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah, that's been, a, it's been a while. Um, So, yeah, two, two years and a couple months, whatever that ends up being. But look, it, as, as long as it's going to be good, which I have high hopes that it will be good, I'm fine. Like, if they if they're doing it to make the show perfect, I I don't really have that much of a problem with it. I'm happy to wait. And you and I have talked about this before. If they would have done that with like Obi Wan, I'm fine. Like make make sure the show is good. I'd rather have to wait longer and have the show be really good than you know you rush and put it out and then it it's a little lackluster. So I'm yeah I'm looking forward to uh, to when that comes out and give it to us whenever. Just make sure it's a good product. But yeah, let's talk about Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone. Let's read an episode summary. Uh, do you have the syn- uh, synopsis up? I do. Uh, the Solitary Clone, the synopsis is very short, but it says, Clones battle against a separatist holdout. 
That's a very, very succinct. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't summary. exactly reveal what like the the juice, the context, the meat of the episode, but it gets the point across. No, but I think the title is interesting. Solitary clone. Um, mm-hmm. I love this is something in TV shows that I think is super underrated and people tend to look over because they don't they, they, like with these shows. They do broadcast it at the in the front like they say what the name of the show is. But with a lot of shows, they don't do that. They'll do uh They'll just play the episode, but like usually the title has it refers to a lot of what's going on in the actual episode. So with that being said, solitary clone, what do you think that refers to? Crosshair. I mean, he is this whole episode kind of was poignant on his loneliness, I guess. You know, you really get the sense that like he's doing what he thinks is right. He is sticking to his guns. But at the same time, there's just this empty void that follows him wherever he goes. And that void only seems to be filled a little bit when Cody, Commander Cody, comes back into the picture. So I thought it was definitely a nod to Crosshair's state of mind and where he's kind of at right now. I mean, we can delve into the juice of this episode, but like finding out that he was left on Kamido for 32 days after the Bad Batch yeah. left. Like that's a really long time to be by yourself. And the Empire was like whatever and they took yeah, their sweet kinda, time getting to him they didn't care They're like whatever I, they actually didn't care we can get into that more i don't <laughs> think they did come after him because they they make a reference to this where they say you still came back you still returned to us so i think he had oh to, good point had to hitch a ride with someone else off of it but he still went back but we can get into that in a little bit but i do think that's a really interesting point to bring up um, yeah but yeah I, i'd say i agree with you i think it could, you could refer to either him or cody i think it did probably focus i mean definitely focus more on on crosshair and him but I think it kind of it's a nod to both of them because Cody kind of feels like he's all alone on his own as well. So for this episode, we start out on the separatist planet of Desix, which I don't know if we've been there before. Have we been to this planet in the past? I don't think so. If if it's mentioned before, it was probably mentioned in passing, but I'm inclined to say it's an entirely new planet just because I, I know Clone Wars like the back of my hand, and it didn't sound familiar to me. Yeah, me now, neither. Um, but I think this is a cool opening shot. Uh, really cool animation. New world, new planet we haven't been to before. We see civilians. They're harvesting crops. There's a mother and son, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then we see this guy, Governor Groton, um, and he has stormtroopers, his conscripted stormtroopers, which I think is an interesting choice, which we can talk about in a little bit. They approach a masked woman who identifies herself as Tawny Ames, uh, who's the governor of this this planet. Uh, Ames, is it Ames or Ams? Ames, I think. Ames, okay. Uh, she asks Groton to state his business, and he says he's there to relieve her of her position. Um, she refuses and gets her B-1 battle droids to surround uh, Governor Groton and his troops, or Admiral Groton, whatever his name was, or he calls himself Governor Groton, whatever. But they surround him, and they're like, hey, we're not, we're not taking this. We're uh, we're not down, so uh, separatist world is like we're not we're not down to to uh, let the empire come take control of our planet. Um, strong start, good exposition. You've hooked me. I'm in. So I think it's an interesting way to to start things off. What did you think? Isn't it cool how they they keep going back and they they show us you know how the empire is taking over? Like a lot of this you see from the. Republic's point of view or the Republic being taken over so it like how Palpatine infiltrates the Senate and it's like oh no the Republic's falling apart but I really like that they show the opposite side of that yeah which are the separatists 
uh, separatists. Yeah. Because if you remember in the Clone Wars, they had like multiple stories where they show you, hey, like the separatists are just doing what they think is right. Like they think Count Dooku's like a good guy and they made them a little bit more human and relatable as opposed to just like a the Saturday morning cartoon bad guys. And so I think it's really cool that you get to see these aspects of the um, the Empire affecting both the Republic and the Separatists. Um, because when the battle droids first came out, like I was initially confused. I was like, oh, there are still battle droids around. Like it didn't click yeah. for me at first that it was like a Separatist planet. And I was like, oh, OK. So they're just going in and taking over these planets one by one. So I thought that was really cool to kind of get into that side of things and show, you know, like both sides are being affected and both sides don't want this. Yeah, so. that they can unite in one thing, which is not liking the Empire. Another yeah. thing, have we seen Tawny Imes before or Tawny Ames before? Is that a character that we should I think she's brand new. Her? Okay, that's what I figured too. But then when she took her like mask off later, I was like, uh, are we, am I supposed to know who this is? <laughs> but no, okay, good, confirming that. Um, all right, we cut then to uh, Crosshair waking up in his room all alone. Seems like he has a pretty miserable life. Kind of a Solitary boring Solitary clone, man. Yeah, solitary clone. He joins several uh, clone troopers for breakfast, and then we overhear, this is an interesting part, we overhear the two clone troopers talking about the defense recruitment bill, which they both mm -hmm. hope doesn't pass. So Crosshair joins these two other clones who move away from him, which I'd like your thoughts on this. I thought this was interesting. Why are they moving away from him? Is he, he, he seems to be kind of like the pariah. They don't want to talk with him, even though they are kind of cut from the same cloth. They don't seem to like Crosshair very much, so they moved away. Is it because maybe he's they know he's betrayed his own in the past? Is he just kind of persona non grata? He just kind of loves to be that solitary clone. He doesn't really socialize with everyone else. What do we think? I mean, I always took it as like Crosshair's a loner, but at the same time, the Bad Batch were never super popular, I think, with the other clones. Yeah. You know, like they they are different. They're, they're Clone Force 99. And actually, interestingly enough, that's something that like Cody came up with so right. like in the um in the Bad Batch episodes in the Clone Wars so they've always kind of struck me as their own loner group and Crosshair is not exactly the most pleasant to be around no. so I think it's just kind of like a oh god a not these guys I mean because didn't they have like a lunchroom scene in the first episode yep. in season one yeah where all the clones were like hey you're outsiders stick to your own and then Omega starts the lunch fight oh yeah good point yeah, I think he's just kind of a depressing, macabre guy to be around. I wouldn't want to. I mean, I wouldn't with sit either. with him at lunch. <laughs> yeah, either, dude. He just brings the mood down. He's a Debbie Downer. Then I think this is funny. Before Crosshair can settle into his meal, he's uh, supposed to report to Peter Pumpkin, Vice Admiral Rampart. So he goes up there. He informs Crosshair that he's been cleared for duty and uh, does a little filler information for us here where he tells us that uh, he had been left on Camino for 32 rotations and then asks why he chose to return. So what I'm getting from that is that he Crosshair was stranded. The Empire didn't bother to go back for him after destroying Camino. He survived there somehow. And then he's a smart dude. So probably hits to ride back with someone, I'm guessing. But spent a, about a month, probably over a month, depending on how long the days of Camino, on Camino actually are. And then decided to go back. So he's like fully gung-ho into the Empire now, fully turned, um, and decides decides to go back. Uh, he says that he's a soldier of the Empire due to his loyalty uh, to the Empire. So Crosshair's fully in invested now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they really, 
they really must consider him super expendable because, you know, if the Empire is looking at that from a practical standpoint, I mean, Crosshair is pretty valuable in the sense where he's part of an elite clone squadron and he has a specialty, which is like being a sniper. And so like he has a great skill. So like there is that aspect of like, oh, like we just really don't care because it's like, oh, has the Empire ever really cared about anybody? It's like, well, no, not really. But Crosshair has more value than... I guess, the average clone to them. So that yeah. is interesting that they just didn't care, left him there, and then when he comes back, he has to get, like, medically cleared again, and not only that, he gets demoted. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so real quick on on your point, I think that's interesting, but I do think that's kind of a theme of the episode, is leaving him. He's expendable, but I think the Empire views all clones as expendable. They're kind of oh, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. They're, they're cannon fodder. They don't care. They're focused on getting new conscripted soldiers people who want to voluntarily do it I, they might feel like they can get better talent that way more advanced uh types of soldiers that way and i think this is kind of a theme throughout the episode especially from this last scene where the clones are talking about the new recruitment bill and they're starting to see themselves as being expendable and they don't like that and i think we're starting to get some hints of this like clone uprising so there was this theme across the whole thing is all clones are expendable even Crosshair. We don't care. We're not going back from him. It's one clone. Who, who cares? We'll, we'll, we'll find some other people who can replace him kind of attitude. I mean, yeah. What, what this also kind of made me think of is there is a Star Wars Rebels episode called The Honorable Ones. And it's about Zeb, uh, who's part of the Ghost Crew, and Callus, who's this agent of the Empire. And, like, how they get trapped together and they have to work together to get out of a situation. And, like, the whole thing is, like, Callus like, breaks his leg. And at the end of the episode, Zeb goes off to the ghost crew and Callus goes back to the Empire. And where it shows that, like, Zeb is greeted by the ghost crew and they're like, oh, my God, you're okay. And, like, they love him. They con they contrast that with Callus going back to the Empire and, like, nobody says anything to him. And he just, like, walks into his room and the door shuts and he's completely alone. Yeah. And so, like, on the expendable part, I thought there was, like, a lot of echoes of that there where, you know, the Empire doesn't really care. But, like, from my perspective, it's, it's like, I don't know. Like, they try to utilize the most, like, the expendable clones, at least till they're no longer valuable. Right. Well, maybe they're starting to see Crosshair as being no longer valuable, which, as we see here in this scene. So we see Rampart assigning Crosshair to uh, the, the new governor of Dessex guy. Uh, he explains that he will be sent as a, in a fake diplomatic mission to secure the city and Governor Groton's release. Uh, funny moment here where Crosshair's like, who am I leading? And they're like, well, actually, you're not leading anybody. <laughs> you're demoted. Um, and so you need to, you're reporting under a new commander, so go to the first battle memorial at whatever time in the morning. Um, which, yeah, Crosshair's demoted, so I, I think maybe they're seeing him as less of, a, less of an asset. So I'm sure Crosshair's kind of like a little pissed at this. I mean, I would be. You know, he's, he comes back, I mean, he's he's ready to serve all over again. And they're like, no, dude, sorry, <laughs> you're serving under someone else. Maybe this is for a later point in the episode, but something else to consider is that Admiral Rampart now has his own motives. Yeah. And that could well be playing into why Crosshair was demoted. Fair point. Yeah. Admiral Rampart's becoming an interesting character. He really is. You yeah. know what? I'm going to sidetrack for a second. He didn't annoy me this episode. Like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I... I enjoyed you in yeah. this episode. Like, I enjoyed his characterization. He's making so, his like, way up in the world. He's like a he cool is. Cyril. He's like... <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> he, he will always be better than Cyril. I will take Admiral Rampart over Cyril any day, any time. 
Same. Never, never again. I am so over Cyril. But I just, <laughs> I think Rampart's getting his own arc this season. I really think yeah, that they are setting him up to have his own story and his own pursuits. And it's just going to be interesting to see how they like weave that between the Bad Batch and the conflict with Crosshair and then Hunter and the rest of these guys. But he didn't annoy me, and that's a step up. I was low-key very impressed with his character in this episode. I agree. I think he's, they're, they're definitely going to do something with him. And that's becoming mm-hmm. pretty clear early on. They're definitely setting they're setting the stage really nicely. I think overall, they really like a are. general pi- paid a general picture of like what the season's going to be. They're setting it nicely. Also, just kind of side note, I do like we didn't really mention this yet, but this whole episode just focuses on Crosshair. We don't see anyone else yes. in the Bad Batch, which I thought was very good storytelling and a, a smart move because it helps you rather than jumping from scene to scene between Crosshair and the Bad Batch, Crosshair the Bad Batch, you focus on this one character. And what's he been up to? How do we develop this guy a little bit? And that's great. That's what you should do with some episodes. Like, focus in on one character that with some other people sprinkled in there. And that develops the show in and of itself. So on that note, like, I I really, really, that's another reason I liked this episode was it was smartly written and placed in the season. I loved I loved that it focused in on him because it's a good contrast between the first two episodes, which are focused on the Bad Batch and getting you reintroduced to their dynamic and what's going on with them. Yeah. And you go back to Crosshair and you're able to just – it allows you not to have, feel like you're, you're trying to shove a bunch of story points in. And I think I read this on Twitter, but I think they initially had a B-plot with the Bad Batch. And then somebody came in and was like – Nope, keep it strictly focused on him. And then Dave Filoni suggested this is a good opportunity to introduce Crosshair to the show. Or excuse me, Cody to the show. Because then you can play with that dynamic and figure out what Cody's been doing all this time too. So I I definitely agree with you. I think it was an extremely smart character choice to just stick with him. Because it made it more impactful and you can kind of see what he's going through and you can see what Cody's going through. So Yeah, totally agree. So then we get to the Battle Memorial. Crosshair is greeted by none other than, speaking of Cody, Cody! Sorry, we didn't have much anticipation for that. But well, you and I kind of called this last week. We're like, are we going to see Cody? Uh, and sure enough, the very next week, our premonitions come true, where uh, Cody comes in. He's not wearing his signature yellow armor. He has some different kind of gray and white armor on. Uh, so sad. He specially requested Crosshair is an interesting piece of information that we get. I want to talk um, about this. Yeah. They did so well in this scene with kind of showing you and I you brought this up in your reaction video but like the conflicted emotions going on in Cody's mind where you can tell he's trying to feel it out <laughs> he's kind of like dropping subtle hints where he's like well yeah you know all these uh these clones are questioning the order and and you know I specifically requested you and are we doing the right thing and Crosshair just kind of immediately shuts him down and he yep. goes nope if if you don't do what the Empire says. You are a traitor just like the Jedi. And you can see this moment on Cody's face where he's like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, where he's like, I thought this was going to go one way, but he's totally in with yeah. the Empire and he's disappointed. So the way they set up Cody's conflict in this scene was really, really great. But also, alternatively, it was really interesting to see how Crosshair picked up on that and immediately shut him down. And I just yeah. really liked how that played out. Like, what did you what did you think of that? Yeah, that was one of the notes I wrote down, actually, was just great animation here conveying emotion from Cody. Like, that's not an easy thing to do, to, to convey mm. conflict within someone as they're, act, they're in a scene, right? And they're, they're trying to fail it out. Also, D. Bradley Baker going back and forth and back and forth. And he has, you have to be in these characters' minds 
as you're acting this out. So super impressive on that front too. But yeah, that was one of my main notes was just like, he's testing the waters with Crosshair. He chose him on purpose because he's clearly has some conflict and he's like, hey, this is so weird. People are like <laughs> questioning the Empire. Like, isn't that weird? Isn't that so weird? Like, I would never do that. And Crosshair's like, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, that's that's for losers. And he's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I would never question the Empire either. They're losers because we follow orders, dude. That's what we do. We just follow orders, and I agree with you. And anyone who defects, total idiot, dumb person. And Crosshair's like, well, uh, it, yeah, it, dude, I know. The thing that got me, and I want to pick your brain on this because this is really interesting, is Cody says uh, at the end of that conversation, he goes, well, good soldiers follow orders. And Crosshair goes, mm-hmm. And then they walk out of the frame. So a big question in this scene is, a, does Cody still have his chip in? B, does Order 66 wear off after a certain amount of time? Yeah. Because, I don't know, there are a lot of questions here. Like, Cody, throughout this entire episode, and specifically in this scene where he's talking to Crosshair in front of the memorial, seems very much like Cody. He doesn't seem like a clone that's just stiff and following orders and I'm... Let's go here, sir, and over there. Like, he seems very much like the crosshair we know in Clone Wars. But did he get his chip out? Or is Order 66 just a thing that seems to fade off over time? Like, what do you think about that? No, I don't think – I. it's a good question to bring up because this is another thing I was thinking of during the episode. No, I don't think his chip's out. I don't think most of the clones' chips are out. The, just because mm. they're questioning it doesn't mean that their chips are out. Remember, Order 66 is really just for the Jedi. Now that the Jedi are gone, they can, they're not – like, that's the only really major part of the their – brain that that chip is impacting as far as we know right so like i see it as like hey we did our job uh and then they, they can still think for themselves they're not droids and cody even brings this up later on in the episode he's like we can think for ourselves this is at the end of the episode when he's talking across there for this for the last time before he leaves and so i i don't think it does i don't know that it fades off i just think that their mission was accomplished that the chip accomplished its mission but the soldiers can still think individually um, and I think you're seeing this with other uh, – you, you are seeing this with other clones as well. Cody distinctly brings it up and says well, there's there's people who are uh, questioning well, if go the, what back, they did was right. Go back to season one of Bad Batch where they were all struggling to get their chips out, right? And then Rex comes in and Rex helps them. Like it's slowly like impacting Wrecker like further and further and he's like the first one to go. My question for you is – do you think it was because it was so close to Order 66 at that time? Because, like, what 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 was it in Season 1? Was it Episode 8 where they finally get their chips out? Like, yeah. that had to be shortly after, right? Like, just a yeah. few weeks? Yeah, that was very close to it, yeah. But even he's, like, attacking other clones for it. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Whereas if it does it only serve this one purpose and then once that purpose is done... They just forget. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to be like angry robots all the time with it. You know, like they're still going about their business. I think even if it did impact Wrecker and all the other Bad Batch in those episodes, it wouldn't have been like they wouldn't have been like angry and brutish like the whole for, for the rest of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. still they still have individuality. And I think it's like, yeah, maybe it is a little stronger at first because it's literally changing the chemistry in your brain, apparently. Right. But I think after that, it's, uh, you know, people people can, it, and it impacts all of them differently, it seems. So well, there's, that there's is no interesting. way to really know 100%. If you think about it, in season one, the Empire was, like, turning up the effectiveness of Crosshair's chip. Right. So, like, 
how 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 are everyone else's? You know, there's millions of clones, right? Like, man, maybe that's like a further reason to get rid of them because you have to go back in. And you can't control them. That's why you want. The that's why you want conscripted soldiers. Is you want people who opt into this voluntarily, right? You know, uh, or are born around it and are just they grow up with it and conditioned to like it. So. Um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing to think about. The other interesting thing to think about in this scene that I'd really not drawn a parallel to until now was um, Cody raises the topic of the desertion of the Bad Batch Clone Force 99 following Order 66. And I just thought it was mm. an interesting parallel how you have Clone Force 99, which is the opposite of 66. It's upside down. So I don't know if that's on purpose or not. I might be reading into it too much. But I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Like you have Clone Force 99 versus Order 66. You know, yeah. I never I don't know caught up. I, I never caught on to that before. That is actually that's, that's a very interesting parallel. Yeah, I never thought uh, about that. So then we have uh, Crosshair dismissing what Cody says. Uh, Cody's visibly uncomfortable. Again, awesome animation conveying the visible discomfort. Um, but then they all they board a shuttle and they leave while traveling through hyperspace. Cody uh, briefs Crosshair and everyone else on what's going on. Cody explains that their plan is to use the cover of a diplomatic mission to ambush the separatists. And uh, get their get their empire governor boy back, um, but after they get out of hyperspace, uh, the uh, tactical droid grants them landing rights. But Governor Groton is like, "Hey, I'm legit." Uh, the battle droids are like, "We don't care. Shut up. You're a loser." And uh, they go, Groton- mm-hmm. <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, super sassy droids." So here. sassy. <laughs> yeah, super sassy droids, which. Was, I do kind of miss those those droids. Honestly, it reminds me of good good days of the Clone Wars. Um, I think this this whole episode, just like that sequence, felt very Clone Warsy. Like you know, yeah. you have the clone commander laying out the mission. You have the trying to get into the Separatist planet as they attempt to bomb them. They shoot them down. Like the whole episode played out very much like a classic Clone Wars episode. Only it was from the bad guys' point of view now. Yeah. So totally, I think there was major Clone War. Clone Wars vibes in this episode, especially from the battle droids. It's good to see those those little stinkers again. <laughs> um, and their sass. So uh, he is he's being all angry and testy, Governor Groton, and then Ames is like, "Hey, I'll free you once the Empire accepts our terms." Um, she aware she reveals that she is aware that the diplomatic mission isn't actually a diplomatic mission. Takes off her mask, which is kind of pointless. I don't know why she has a mask. A lot of people in Star Wars universe wear masks for looks, I guess. Like Kylo Ren and her, it just looks cool. Or like even Leia she, playing the bounty hunter. Like, like I thought she was going to be an alien. Yeah, I thought it'd be a little bit more of a bigger reveal than just like. You know? That's why I was sitting there. Like, am I supposed to know who this is? Why was she wearing a mask? What's the point? It was honestly, it was probably closest to Leia in Return of the Jedi. That's yeah. exactly what that looked like. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Maybe it's for extra protection. I don't know. Why do the Why do the clones wear helmets? I guess there's visuals Ar- you can see. It's armor. I guess. Yeah. So I guess it's the same thing for her in a way, right? But I mean, does does it really protect them? Does the armor really protect the clones? They get shot once with a, a thingy and they're dead. So I don't think armor in Star Wars actually does anything. If we're being honest, I mean, you it's see this no, in all the Star Wars movies. You blast no them mithril. once with a blaster. Yeah, it's no mithril. It's not. We're not saving any lives with stormtrooper or clone armor. So I don't know why we would assume that with this armor that Ames is wearing, it's going to be any different. Um, interesting thing I, I saw in, in this scene here was that she says something about Count Dooku and she's like, he was right. The Republic would collapse and be replaced by the Empire. 
Um, and then Groton's like, hey, your side lost to Clone Wars. They're going to lose this this battle as well. I thought it was really cool Dooku development. I'm here for the Dooku development. He's becoming infinitely a more interesting character. He's always been one of my favorite characters um, in Star Wars. I think he's severely underrated. Um, just gives him more depth because it kind of shows that, like, uh, I don't know, in a way, Dooku d- doesn't really have loyalty to anyone. Um, he's kind of looking out for himself, and it's just, like, especially coming off of the Tales of the Jedi show, which I thought was fantastic for, for Dooku development. Um, he He's just a more complex person than we thought. You know, I think I still think my theory is still like he had way deeper plans to maybe even overthrow Palpatine later on because he didn't really fully buy into what Palpatine was doing. But he just thought that that's what's best for the galaxy. That's what's best for the Republic at the time. The Jedi are stepping on their own toes. They're getting in their own way. And I think Dooku kind of thought that he could find a way um, out of that. And he even saw that the Republic would collapse and be replaced by the Empire and was probably trying to prepare for that in a way. So, like, if he was still alive to this day, would he be okay with what's going on in the Empire? I don't know. You know? I mean, he explicitly wanted to convert Qui-Gon and then further to that Obi-Wan to his ways. So yeah, he definitely he didn't want to straight up tells play. Obi-Wan yeah. what's happening. Like, straight up tells <laughs> <He's> him, like... <laughs> the Republic's under the control of a Sith Lord. And Obi-Wan's like, I don't believe you. It's like, you idiot. Just listen to him. He literally told you his whole plan. And my theory is still that Dooku genuinely wanted Obi-Wan to believe him. He was just being a little – he was being too sarcastic in his tone. He was a little too sarcastic in his tone for Obi-Wan not to believe him. Um, And he he wanted him to believe him so that he could help him out because he knew Obi-Wan's powerful. And he's like, you know what? We could actually probably take this on. I know Qui-Gon trained you. I trained Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon's a dope-ass Jedi. You're probably a dope-ass Jedi, and this is some big mistake. You shouldn't be locked up here. I trust you. And then tells him the whole plan, and Obi-Wan spits in his face. Um. So that's my Dooku. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Dooku, Dooku has has such an interesting parallel to Anakin because they both essentially saw the same things and they both took a very yep. similar path. And I think especially coming off Tales of the Jedi, like you said, it's it's just he's be- he's becoming that much more fascinating of a character. Yeah. And I it's and I don't know if I see him so much as like a bad guy anymore because if you look at him at, like in attack of the clones he's a very short-lived character he's killed at the beginning of revenge of the sith if we're going off like just like the 2000s interpretation of dooku he's n- he's super one-dimensional like he doesn't have a ton of development i mean there's no, a lot of they kind of just throw him in there out of yeah. nowhere and then expect you to have all this context for him but they've given him that context now like even well, there's that, a lot of the- intrigue even There's a lot be- of intrigue there. Like the mystery of the character yeah. is set up. You're like, ooh, who is this? But they don't actually give you like a lot of time to be like, oh, this was a fallen Jedi yeah. who became the leader of the Separatists and he joined Palpatine, but he's actually super complex because, you know, he had this great relationship with his Padawan who was Qui-Gon and yeah. then he wanted to convert. Like you didn't have all that context, but I feel like even in these shows now where they keep dropping these things about Dooku, it's just like, oh my gosh, it makes the world so much more complicated. And is Dooku really like... The classic evil bad guy, like how Sidious is. No, I don't think he has any. Like even that. Scene like I don't think the, he's. I don't think he's even that evil. No, I don't think so. That's why I like him. I think he's. Uh, he's more complex than just like, hey, I'm turning to the dark side like everyone else. It's not that simple for someone like him. And like even in that last, in the first, in that scene in the when he dies in episode three. Spoiler alert. Uh, he the look he gives Sidious oh, when yeah. he's like, oh, you're betraying me, like you dick. You know, he's like, I can't believe you're telling him to kill me. Like, I thought we were on this together. But like, maybe Palpatine knew all along that 
he he was he wasn't ever going to be as true like Padawan. Maybe he was kind of playing, oh absolutely playing Dooku he a bit. he was using Dooku as a pawn yeah. from the beginning. Yes, because he also had like you, you, the Maul arc, and then Sidious is like constantly dropping lines where he's like, "I'm going to have a new apprentice, yeah, one far younger and more powerful." And good, so it's like good impression. It's. <laughs> It's it's just obvious, like, Sidious just didn't, like, he had, like, three different people in mind at the same time, and he was like, hmm, who's going to serve me the best? And so Dooku was just a pawn in that, but I think had his character, like, gone on to do his own thing, or if Qui-Gon had survived, I think he would have tried to convert Qui-Gon and Definitely. Obi-Wan and maybe even Anakin to his ways. It makes up for an interesting, like, what-if story, you know? So, yeah. Hundred percent. That'd be an interesting thing to explore with Star Wars, a what if series. All right. So moving on, the tactical droid that we see, uh, he sees the Imperial shutter shuttle and uh, informs Governor Ames. They're like blast him, which <laughs> I love. Uh, they they just they say that the uh, the Imperials are not wanting to negotiate. She's like, get those tanks out, rocket launchers, blast them out of the sky. Um, which they do. They blast them out pretty easily. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, go check to see if there's any survivors. That's what Ames says. So a squad of battle droids approaches the shuttle, discovers several dead bodies. The lead battle droid informs Ames that they found no survivors. But before they can return to the city, they're shot by Crosshair and Cody. Uh, this buys them some time. Crosshair reassures Cody that he's survived worse odds than this, as a lot of the soldiers are injured. Crosshair does some badass stuff here, I thought where he takes out the Separatist tank uh, by shooting right down the barrel, outsmarting the droids that are up there. Um, Cody draws their fire. The clones move into position. Crosshair also takes out the two snipers, which allows Cody and his troops to get up to the castle. This is all awesome. Yeah, I was... Here. Let me... Like, the... I, I, I'm going to go back to it. The music was amazing. Like, yep. it was just perfect. I mean, when you have those headphones in... The oh, sound yeah. design, yeah. the music was just flipping phenomenal. I mean, like when the when Crosshair fires into the tank, yeah. there's two shots I want to talk about. There's one shot where Crosshair is taking aim. And I think David Collins tweeted about this like a day ago. But there's a shot where he's about to fire and there's an explosion behind him. And it's kind of slow motion, but not really. Yeah, The sound design there was so good. Like it was just delicious in my yeah. headphones. And then the shot immediately after where he uh, destroys the, uh, my God, I can't think, the tank, the mm -hmm. tank through the barrel, that sound design when the tank blew up totally agree. was incredible. And I, I'm just like sitting here, I'm like nerding out, I'm like you can tell how much effort went into this. I yeah. was just geeking out the entire time. Yeah, I agree. We got to have headphones to watch these episodes. It really adds a whole another element to the show and it's going it's panning from ear to ear it's uh the stereo image is fantastic the you know the spatial audio here is really really good the just the, the creativity behind it is fantastic and i i love that stuff i think it's amazing so i totally agree with you there also the animation's just very very well done exciting battle scene it's not it's not like there's no tropes here really it's just creative and fresh and exciting and um so we see Cody and Crosshair find Governor Groton, but the captors flee down the uh, the little elevator thing they have. Um, and then the two clones, I love this part, the two clones that are there cornered by the droidicas and then oh pinned God. down from above by battle droids. This is a really cool sequence as you can hear the, the Dude, droidicas Dude, the coming. sound design here really was cool. so yeah. good. You yeah. could hear it. And before they said droidicas, I would, is there are the droidicas? Yeah. 
Yeah. You can hear them rolling around. Uh, those little transformer so droidicas. Uh, and it's like, ooh, oh no, we haven't heard this in a while. It's like the game, them. the the game that you and I used to play, Jedi Power Battles. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of. Fantastic game. Fantastic game. Jedi Power Battles is one of the most, it is, my opinion, the most underrated Star Wars game of all time. Everyone talks about Knights of the Old Republic and Dark Forces and all that. Yeah. No one talks about Jedi Power Battles and what a sick game that is. It's incredible. You can play as uh, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, uh, Mace, Plo Koon, uh, Aayla Sakura. You can play as Captain Panaka. You can play as Darth Maul if you unlock him at the end. And you can play as droids. There's droid levels. It's a fantastic, amazing game. So When I was a kid, I remember loving watching you play the game and just loving the way the droidicas looked. Yeah. And so when they had this in the episode, it's just like I had a flashback to like nine, eight-year-old Melissa watching <laughs> you play the video games and yeah. just being obsessed with the way the droidicas looked and the way they sounded. I don't know. Like that's probably my favorite robot design. Uh, it is very Wars. creative. It is very cool. Very creative. Thanks, George Lucas, uh, for that. But this was a, a really cool scene. We get to see Cody using his grenades to disable them. Uh, one of the clone troopers is killed, uh, and then Crosshair. Um, it was Nova. Starts. What's that? Nova. Rest in peace, Nova. Oh, is that what his name was? I mean, uh, dude, if you name a clone in the episode, if if there's just like, hey, Wyler and Nova, those two young clones that were in the episode, they're dead. If you name them, if you use their names, they're going yeah. to kill them. Yeah. Ugh. Sad, sad, sad. Uh, so Cody uses the grenade to destroy the droidica and the battle droid that are above them, whatever. And then Cody, uh, Crosshair, and that other clone, I don't know what his name was. Uh, Nova, Wyler. The other one who didn't die. They reach the dark chamber where they find uh, Groton's hat or whatever and they're like okay we're getting close and then they're ambushed by the uh the the commando droids just destroy them with grenades Ames dispatches more of the commando droids she has a lot of droids by the way I don't know where she's getting them from she, she must be running low on like <laughs> her droid army um I don't know how she was planning to uh oppose the empire you just don't have enough resources on that I mean the commandos there. alone are little bitches like I can't yeah. stand those droids yeah. and the the scene in the stairwell with them like i actually yeah. like how the the clones struggle yeah i do too i think this was an interesting scene there was one thing that i thought was funny they're taking out the reinforcements through like the the shooting and stuff but then they have like i think it's cody takes out a like a knife which i thought was kind of funny like you would think that droid armor would be like really hard to stab through unless it's like some kind of like special knife. I mean, it's cool. It was a cool scene. How he like takes out the knife and like ends up stabbing it a couple times. But I'm just like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like an. It wouldn't. It wouldn't seem like on the surface that would be an efficient way to kill a droid. Would be with a knife. I, I thought it was the knife. Well, I it can't be because Hunter still has his knife. But it, it looked like the same knife that. Hunter and I think Wrecker use in the first Bad Batch arc in the Clone Wars season seven because mm. they have like that exact same knife. So I'm wondering if it was like the same kind of knife or yeah, if it I, is the same knife. I guarantee you someone's going to be like, well, that's actually a special knife. <laughs> and they're going to they're explain it to us in the comments and we'll be able to, to figure it out there. But uh, that, but that was cool. I mean, really cool sequence there as they're going upstairs or struggling uh, in the stairwell, having a tough time. Um, Dude, that was so good. Yeah, I was nerding out. I don't know if you watch. Sorry, guys. I'm eating salt and vinegar almonds. Very delicious. And you, they're kind of a lot. Why are you eating right now? Because I'm No one hungry. wants to hear that. Ew. Gross. Stop. No. <laughs> it's disgusting. 
Uh, the the scene in the stairwell, I was totally nerding out over because I have such an appreciation for choreography and fight scenes. I don't think people think about this enough. Like in oh. storyboarding, and like when you're planning out a fight scene, like you need to find out like what poses the characters are going to be in, like where do they land, and how does that enable them to like get up. So I really appreciated the scene from like a choreography point of mind like I don't know how they necessarily plan that out if that's just all storyboards or if Lucasfilm has like a a different way of going about that or setting it up but I just have such an appreciation for that oh I totally I have no idea how they do that like I don't know how you do choreograph a fight scene and then animate it and then make it seem tense and like go from yeah like very very cool well done impressive like another reason why this show is just like it's just well done if you think about the details that go and the work that goes in behind it it's very impressive um, i also like i i was freaking out when the the little magnet thing where he's like where crossers are like hey cody give me a clear line of shot just throw it as far as you can yeah whereas cody throws it and it goes in slow motion goes i love the sound design again phenomenal and yeah. then Crosshair shoots it, and it knocks out all the droids. Like, I started clapping. Yeah. <laughs> Very lucky shot, by the way. That's a little far-fetched, He's in my Crosshair. opinion. He's Crosshair. But, uh, but, yeah. So he takes the – he fires the projectile, ricochets, hits the tactical droid, takes it out. They, the other troopers eliminate the rest of the battle droids with the flamethrowers, which I thought was badass. They could in Crosshair soon corner Governor Ames, who's taken Groton hostage. He pleads with the clones to do something. He's being very testy, very angry, very Imperial-esque. Ames claims to be the rightful governor of Desix and says the planet separated from the Republic years ago. She demands Empire recognizes Desix as an independent system. This is a futile This is a futile uh, attempt from her. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Cody replies that he's not there to debate politics. Uh, she, he, she asks him to reconsider the unjustness of his reactions. He says that her forces attacked two Imperial convoys and uh, saying – and then she responds saying, hey, we're resisting your occupation. Great, great um, – Back and forth here. When we also get an interesting reference, I thought, um, Cody counters that the Empire's not the enemy. Uh, they just want peace and justice throughout the galaxy. And she says she once believed in peace and supported Mina Bonteri, which I thought was an interesting reference to throw in there. I in fact, it derailed my viewing of the show so I could Google because I recognized that name. And I was like, where do I recognize that name? Oh, yeah, hot, hunky Lux Bonteri. Uh, uh, Ahsoka's little squeeze Lux. for a little bit. So I missed some of the dialogue here, but don't worry. I went back and watched. I watched it. I, I after I did that, I, I just didn't put it in my reaction video, but I did go back and watch. Uh, I did go back and watch that scene and, and the dialogue with it. But I, th- I thought that was an interesting reference, right? I mean, look, keep connecting the dots. I'm I love it when they do that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Throw me some references. It doesn't need to be a crazy Easter egg. It's just it helps connect this web and universe that we have together. It's just the details. Like, they could have thrown in any name there, or they could have just said a random senator. But the fact that they're using Mina Bonteri, like a specific name, attention to detail. So I appreciate that. Um, so then Cody takes off his helmet, lowers his blaster. He's trying to take the peaceful approach here. He doesn't want any more bloodshed. He wants peace. He's uh, This is like a, a big moment for Cody, right? He's like, I'm sick of this kind of thing. He's not only taking off his helmet and putting down his arms for Ames, but he's putting it down for the Empire. He's saying, I'm putting – I'm done kind of thing like it's a symbolic move for cody to put his to put his gun down i thought um yeah and he's that's actually he, a really good catch he's like we're, we're negotiating peacefully we're gonna avoid another war he doesn't want more bloodshed uh and he convinces her to to let Groton go uh so she can protect her people great hostile negotiation he should be in the fbi don't you think <laughs> 
<laughs> Great hostage he negotiation. Is. They, have an, they, have a, they have a special clone forces group just for that, just for negotiation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Cody leads it. Cody, Cody should join the Star Wars equivalent of the FBI. He'd be good at it. A really, really good dialogue here. Really important dialogue, I thought. Um, once he's free, Groton is now continuing to be angry. He's like, shoot it, shoot her. She, We don't like her. And Cody's like, well, that's not I, – I literally just said the opposite of that. <laughs> uh, and then Groton's like, I'm commanding you. I, I'm, I'm ordering you to do it. And Cody's having some conflict here. Again, big moment for him. He's not only conflicted by the Imperial officers, Groton, uh, Governor Groton's command, but he's also conflicted by just the Empire in general. Which way are you going to take? And that's a big defining moment for him is he has to take a stance here. Am I going to continue along with going with what the Empire wants, or am I going to take a stand for myself and start doing things my own way? And he ends up going his own way. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to point something out here in this scene, which I agree. I thought the dialogue was just absolutely incredible. The scene where he's like, execute her, Cody hesitates, and then literally you know crosshair is going to be the one to shoot her yeah like you just there's too much of a pause you're like this guy has a track record of shooting people in the face he's going to do it there's a long pause before crosshair shoots her yep and what was interesting to me is two things one after he shoots her i loved the effect that they showed her last breath leaving her where she mm -hmm. goes <sighs> yeah and then I, oh my gosh, like I thought that was so powerful and impactful. I just really loved it. It was super dark, but like, yeah, really wow, dark. like great poignant moment. But after Cody shoots her, I was sitting here. I was like, okay, Cody, not Cody, excuse me. After, after Crosshair shoots her, I was like, Crosshair has a record of doing this a lot in season one where somebody's like, I'm not telling you where Sagarera's people are. And he's like, okay, pshh. Yeah. And then he shoots the other conscripted soldiers. So he doesn't really like have a problem with it. But upon my second watch, I was like, okay, Crosshair is cold enough to to do this, to just shoot people in the face. But at the same time, could the argument be made that he was doing it so Cody didn't have to? I thought, took it differently. I, that could be – that's definitely an interesting theory. I took it more as like Crosshair sussing out Cody and seeing whether or not he will do it. He's like, is he going mm. to pull the trigger? Is he committed to this? I need to know because I got some mixed vibes from him earlier. He was saying some weird stuff about like he was feeling me out. I think Crosshair knows. Crosshair knows that Cody's kind of questioning it a little Absolutely bit. Absolutely he does. But So I think it was more of like waiting. Is he going to actually do it and follow through? Or am I going to have to do this? And now I'm really questioning him, you know? At the same time, to play devil's advocate, throughout this entire episode, you really get the idea that despite their on opposing sides, Crosshair really enjoys like the camaraderie with Cody, mm -hmm. you know, because the whole the whole first half of the episode, you kind of see that loneliness play out with Crosshair. And then he has that conversation with Cody in front of the memorial and Crosshair's like, mm, you hesitate, you're a traitor like the Jedi. And Cody's like, ah, darn. But then they're sh kind of shown being like buddy buddies, like they work True. really well together. Yeah, they have, good, the they have great chemistry. Great chemistry. They have really the good chemistry together. Crosshair is clearly very comfortable with Cody. Like it's like he's more of him himself. They have a, a great camaraderie. And so at the end, I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Is he doing it just because he's he's cold and he's like, whatever, cross uh, Cody's too weak? Or is he doing it because like in the middle of Governor Groton's sentence, he's like, if you don't do this, you will be disciplined for. And then Crosshair goes and shoots her. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. I think the yeah. argument could be made either way. Yeah, 100 percent. Because. 
and I'll let you talk about and lead into this final scene, but he requests Cody again. That's true. At the does. end of the episode to Admiral Rampart. So that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And that does play into the title of the episode. Like we can see it's maybe the loneliness is starting to get to Crosshair. And so he's like, yeah, maybe I'm going to I'm going to do this so he doesn't have to. So we continue getting along kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, Crosshair complies with Groton's order. Blaster right in the chest. And uh, Cody looks at Crosshair with shock. It's like. Which I thought was interesting. He looks over kind of like surprised, you know, but it's like, I don't, I guess maybe he thought he knew Crosshair better than that or something, but I don't think it's all that surprising behavior from Crosshair. I thought um, it was more like disappointment. Like it was yeah, like a disappointed guess, look. Yeah, it could be disappointed Where he was too. like, oh God, you really are. Yeah. And again, it's like, it's cemented that decision with Cody right then and there. He's not going to stay. Brutal moment here as Groton is like, uh, he tells the clone troopers to display her body in the square as a warning uh, to the inhabitants of Dessex. And that, that, that seems to upset Cody a little bit brutal move, but that's, that's who the empire is, dude. They're, uh, they're pretty ruthless. So I thought that was an interesting detail to put in there. I'm glad they put it in there because you need to convey how evil this organization actually is. This was a really gritty episode. Yeah. Very, very good. Dark. Um, it was really dark, super efficient with the writing. Which, which I thought was just, just fantastic. Well, not uh, a single moment was wasted. No, no. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Efficient. It was very efficient, very succinct, clear character development for all of them. We first time getting Cody back, but it's those little moments. It was the, like I'm telling you, like the emotion that they convey in this animated character. It's well done. Like I, you got to hand it to him. After this, we see both stormtroopers and clone troopers uh, doing the door-to-door searches. Uh, civilians, people are leaving. They're leaving the planet. They're like, "This we lost. Uh, Cody gets on a, a shuttle with Crosshair, but does not speak with him on the way back to Coruscant. He's pissed and sad, probably. At the memorial, they meet up again. Cody asks Crosshair if they're making the galaxy a better place. He says, uh, what do you think we're doing? And Crosshair is just like, hey, we're just following orders. Sound like someone else you know? Nazis. Uh, Cody responds that clone troopers have the ability to make their own decisions and choices on like droids. So this connects to what I was saying earlier in our breakdown now where, yeah, like even though they still have their chips and they can still make their own decisions. Yeah, sure. They're going to have to fight it sometimes, but we don't really know to the extent of how much these chips impact each individual clone and to what degree after order 66. So I'm guessing this is probably what a year, maybe a year and a half after order 66. So, it's been some time since that happened, and it's really given these yeah, droids some time to, to, to think about what's happened. Um, but I thought that was an interesting line. He's like, hey, we can, we, we're able to make our own decisions. And uh, he says, he, he gives Crosshair a warning before they leave. He says they have to live with their own decisions and, uh, and choices. So we Can see- I say something on that line? Yeah, go ahead. He was totally thinking of Obi-Wan in that moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was as soon as he said that line, I was like, "Oh my god, he thinks he killed Obi Wan!" Like, yeah, he doesn't that's know. That's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know he lived. He just thinks that he shot him and he died. And then, like months later, if Order sixty six is just just for Order sixty six, like if the chip only works in regards to Order sixty six, he probably had that moment of like, "Oh my god, I killed my commander, yeah. and I have to live with that for the rest of my life." Yeah, it's guilt. Oh my gosh, I just thought that was great because that immediately like 
clicked in my head. I was like, oh, the pain of Order 66. It just follows you everywhere, man. Dave Filoni won't give us any time. To he not will think about not. <laughs> he loves Order 66, and it will be in every animated show until the end of time. I guarantee we're going to see that in the Ahsoka show, too. <laughs> It'll just be chock full of Order 66 references. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so then we see Crosshair reporting, uh, reporting for duty next. He's getting interrupted in his breakfast again, which, by the way, how long do you think this was in between the, the, the mission and this next reporting? I feel like it would have been a little bit longer. So, like, what happens is Admiral Rampart Peter Pumpkin <laughs> says, good job. Uh, and then he learns that Cody has deserted uh, and his new commander's someone else. And Rampart, we end the episode with Rampart questioning the loyalty of clone troopers due to their increasing rate of desertion. Um, and Crosshair just kind of expresses disinterest and walks away. So a couple interesting things here. Two questions. Number one, uh, how long has this been? Like, how long did it take for Cody to actually leave? Was it the next day? Was it a, like a week after maybe? Was it a couple days? Like, we don't really know what the time frame is here. But he, either way, he seems to have left pretty quick. I think it was like a day. Like yeah. a day or two. Yeah. Because Crosshair's like, What? Like, yeah. he's not here. He comes into the office and he's like, hey, I want to work with Co – I don't remember the exact dialogue, but he's like, hey, I want to work with Cody again. <laughs> Rampart's like, that bitch? Yeah, he's like, uh, he's gone. He left <laughs> ages ago, sweetie. <laughs> he's gone. He's not here anymore. Yeah. So I have to imagine that this is literally like the following day because they give you the impression that Cody's been thinking about this for a really long time. He doesn't know where to find the Bad Batch because as far as the Empire – knows the Bad Batch is dead. Yeah. They they died on Camino, And so he reaches out to Crosshair. He's like, oh, maybe this guy feels the same way. We can kind of get into cahoots. And so I, I think they plant the impression that this has been going through Cody's head for a while. And after he sees Crosshair's not going to change, he just leaves. Yeah. And he's like, whatever. The most interesting thing, though, about this scene is that Rampart says to Crosshair, he's like, clones around you tend to disappear. Funny how that keeps happening, right? Yeah. And I wonder if that was Rampart just kind of dropping a hint and being like, I know you lied to me yeah. <laughs> about the Bad Batch on Camino, And we don't really know the full extent of Rampart's motives or yes. what he plans to do this season. Yeah. But the fact that he said that to Crosshair, I think he was being like, I'm suspicious of you. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to bring that up and ask you this, too, because this, this is my second question is how much do we know that of what Rampart knows about Crosshair and vice versa? So, like. Crosshair knows that the Bad Batch is still alive. Rampart knows. Yeah. They're pretty much the only people in the Empire now that know that. But have they talked to one another about it? Like, it does seem like Rampart's a bit suspicious of Crosshair. Um, I think Rampart's just out for his own motivations. Like, if Tarkin finds out, Rampart's screwed. Yeah. Like, that's it for him. He's done, and Tarkin's going to be like, hey, you failed. I'm going to replace you because we don't care, and every single person in this Empire is expendable. That's just the way things are. Yeah. I don't really see Crosshair or Rampart conversing about this because yeah. i think that they have their own interests i think deep down crosshair still really cares about the bad batch but he's made his own decision yeah and he's That's sticking true. to it yeah so, I yeah i think i think it sets up honestly like i think rampart's gonna get his own arc this season based on this episode alone i think so i too. think there's gonna be a lot of individual arcs i think rampart's gonna be working in the shadows i think crosshair's gonna be working in the shadows yeah and now cody's gone awol so like, the next question to that is, we know Rex is coming back this season. Is Rex going to call the Bad Batch and be like, hey, you need to help Cody? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm interested. I didn't know that Cody was going to desert so quick. I thought we'd have an episode or two, but he's just, boom, 
Very efficiently done. Very good writing there. Uh, I agree. I think there's going to be some connection with Cody and Rex and the Bad Batch, which will be interesting to see. Also, well, Cody and Rex th- are like the clone duo. Yeah, definitely. The other um, thing I was going to say is interesting is at the beginning of the episode, we get a reference to the to the recruitment bill. And then at the end of this episode, we have Rampart talking like in such a dismissive way about how all these clones are just deserting and leaving. And right. he doesn't care. He truly doesn't care because that's not on the agenda of things to care about for the Empire right now. They're recruiting new soldiers. They don't give a shit, which tells me we might get that clone uprising that you and I talked about maybe getting last season. I think we're going to see that. They dropped several hints at it uh, this episode, and I think that'll probably be an arc that involves Rampart. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd really love that. My only anxiety is not everybody's going to live, right? Yeah. So I guess, like, if you were to theorize, I mean, like, Cody's obviously going to have a big part in this season, but, like, I'm also sweating because I'm like, oh, my God, like, are they going to off him? Because I can definitely see that happening. Yeah. (laughs) Because we all know, we all know that Rex is fine. Um, He makes it, you know, he and Ahsoka are in Rebels. There's really no reason to, like, worry there, per se. But if you get into, like, the Bad Batch, if you get into... Cody I mean like I don't necessarily I mean like the show is called the Bad Batch but I don't necessarily see all of them making out of it like making it out of the show with like plot armor or the standard plot armor like yeah and now that Cody's AWOL and I'm like sweating yeah <laughs> I'm like, this is not good I don't yeah. like where this is going and I can see them offing him at the end of the season and I'm just like Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I could see that, too. We'll see. We'll wait in great anticipation. I think it'd be a shame if they killed them off too early. So uh, they they should milk that a, a bit longer, in my opinion, if they are going to well, kill them I off. Well, I mean, this is Cody's first appearance in 18 years. I mean, I, or at least, like, in yeah. terms of when we last saw him in Revenge of the Sith. True. Um, so it would yeah. be kind of disappointing so if we'll they see. just I mean, him. look, overall, the episode, fantastic. This is... The best episode of the season. That's not saying much. There's only been three episodes, but it's it's still very very good. Great dark tone. I love the animation. Really stuck out to me. Please let Crosshair eat his breakfast. We know he's a tired or he's a bad guy, but let's let him eat his breakfast from here on out. He gets give him all five time. scenes like Cyril. It seems like Rampart's doing it on purpose just to mess with him. <laughs> uh, yeah, give him some give him some space cocoa puffs. Really solid character development. The emotion that they conveyed in the animation was just very very good. Um, very well written. I was just very happy with this. My, I, I was just, I was impressed with it overall. And I think these last three episodes have been really strong. And I think we have a lot of, a lot of good uh, Bad Batch content to look forward to uh, in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. I think this is, this is easily the best episode of the entire show for me personally, because it just like beat after story beat was so efficient and so well done. And the way they set up these two characters and their conflict was incredible. I mean, like just to see what Cody's going through and like his struggle being like, is this the right thing? Like, am I doing the right thing? Like, and then you have Crosshair's conflict, you know, like he's, he's lonely. He wants that camaraderie, but at the same time he's made a, yeah, and that was all between the lines. They didn't have to say anything. They no. showed. They yeah. showed us. This is what we. I wanted more of with Andrew. Just show. Don't tell. Just show us this stuff. That's what's so important in storytelling. Also, the parallels between the clones versus the droids in this one. You know, you get those lines from Cody that are like, we can make our own decisions. Whereas the droids are being commanded by this tactical droid. They're sitting up there telling them exactly what to do, and they have to do that. And that's what the Empire wanted with these clones with the chips. But as we're seeing, these clones are making their own choices, and they're defecting. So I thought that was an interesting like parallel that they had during this episode as well. 
uh, just great writing all around. And yeah. it was only a 25-minute episode, so they crammed a lot in there. Uh, but it was fantastic. So overall, this is definitely my favorite episode of the entire show. I loved it so much. But should we get into some thoughts? Let's from get into our some community? fan thoughts. Yeah. Um, going over to our community page. If you guys want to participate, head on over to our YouTube community page, or you can write us at another Star Wars podcast at gmail.com, I believe. Um, or mm-hmm. just comment on our TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, star underscore wars underscore pod. Or, uh, yeah. That's where, that's where you can reach us. So that's where we're getting our questions from. Um, it's another Star Wars pod at gmail.com. Sorry, another Star Wars pod <laughs> at gmail.com. I don't even know our own email. Let's see. Wow, we got a lot of comments today. Yeah, this episode was fire. Dude, it had no right to go as hard as it did. Oh, I thought like, it had I the was right. Sitting- I gave it the right. I allowed it to have the right to go I do was- that. I was sitting here just kind of like jaw dropped because it just kept picking up and kept getting better. And I was like, why is this episode going so hard? We're the third episode in the season. And this is already like the most kick-ass it's thing. It's phenomenal. Really good. Yeah. Well, we got people who had similar thoughts. Uh, we have a couple short ones here. Nona Gray says, best episode of either season so far. That's kind of going along with what you said. You seem to feel the same way. Um, I... Th- I I don't know. I'd have to rewatch season one, but it's definitely up there with best episodes. Uh, there wasn't really a moment in this episode that I was like, eh, you know, it just everything connected and fit in really nicely. Evan Rainey says it could go either way, but I, I think Commander Cody is Crosshair's next mission. Hmm. I don't I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. That's interesting. Possibly. I don't think they care enough. I don't, I don't think the Empire cares. They're like, all right, the fact we don't we don't care. We, we have our own stuff to worry well, about. Well, you know what? Taking back what I said earlier, maybe Rampart is going to let Crosshair in on it and and be like, have him track the Bad Batch without knowing he's tracking the Bad Batch. Like, I don't know. Mm. There there could be a lot of things. I have to agree with you. I don't know if they'd necessarily like risk it all to go after one clone unless he knew something that the Empire was like, we cannot let this get out. Mm. Yeah. I, I could see it happening. But I don't think that's going to happen immediately, though. I, I think Crosshair What, him seemed, hunting Cody? Yeah, he just seemed disinterested in it at the end. And so did Rampart. He was like, yeah. yeah. He left. Super convenient <laughs> that all the clones that you're near leave. You know, but then that's just kind of how it ended. So I could see it happening that way, but I don't know that it'll be his next mission. Crosshair must be the solitary clone. He has no friends, family, comrades left. Uh, that's what Ildi Buglio says. Sorry, I've just totally butchered your name, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we agree. We, we talked about this already, but yeah, um, he's a solitary clone. I think it kind of refers to both of them, though. I think it kind of refers to Cody, too, because he kind of feels isolated. He doesn't know that. Uh, well, he he he's conflicted. He wants to he wants to leave and uh, just questioning things. But I think probably refers more to Crosshair, <laughs> uh, especially with that shot in his bedroom, which was really sad. <laughs> a lot of lonely shots. Yeah. He's sitting alone at lunch. He's sitting alone in his bedroom he's just he's a loner man yes christopher brown says i'm not sure who the title refers to but i suspect the outcome for that character will be tragic i hope i'm wrong fingers crossed uh yeah probably refers to crosshair <laughs> and he probably I will thought tragic that was end. referring to cody the title do you well, no 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 the, the comment says i'm not sure who the title refers to but i suspect the outcome for that character will be yeah. tragic i thought they were referring to cody not crosshair no they're or maybe saying, it is i don't know if the title refers She's saying, I don't know if the title refers to Cody or uh, Crosshair, but the outcome will be tragic. I'm saying, yeah, it will. For no ma- for either character, it'll be tragic, no matter who it's referring to. I think it probably refers more to Crosshair, and his ending's going to be tragic no matter what. If it refers to Cody. Oh, you think, you yeah. think 
he's going to get a really dramatic death. Do you think they'll yeah, redeem they, him? If I don't think they should. I think that'd be bad writing, honestly. Uh, not everyone needs to be redeemed. And that's a, such a trope in Star Wars, too. Like, yeah. Some characters don't, don't redeem him. Uh, like the no. redemption of Kylo Ren, like Ben Solo. It's like okay, oh. but that entire trilogy had bad writing. Yeah, I know, but it's still <laughs> it's still part of Star Wars. Um, I think once, and they've already done it. Like they've already done it with Anakin. We don't need that anymore. Like it's the you you perfected that the hero's fall and redemption. Um, and I don't think Crosshair needs to. I don't like him at this point. I don't think most people do. He's a dick. <laughs> He's. <sighs> I, I'm I'm so conflicted on this because on the one hand, like I understand why people want to see him redeemed. On the other hand, I'm kind of with you. I just want to see bad guys be bad guys, make their crappy decisions, and then have consequences for it. Like I think that's a really interesting character for somebody to be like, no, I'm just going to shoot people in the face. I'm going to carry out the orders for whatever reason. Now, if I were to guess anything, I would guess that his character will end tragically, but through redemption. So, like, let's just say the Bad Batch is in danger and, oh, my gosh, like, we're about to die. I could see Crosshair giving his life and then dying in a very tragic way. Like, if I were to guess the route that they were going to go. Now, I'm not saying that that's what I want necessarily, but that's the path I could most likely see. But I'm kind of with you on this at this point. It's like, I like Crosshair. I think he's interesting, but I think he's more interesting as a clone who's choosing to make the wrong decision and then have consequences for it. Because I think it's a more interesting character. Yeah. So fair point. So we got here back to the future fan 88 says this is a long one, but I'll try to summarize. Uh, this is probably my nostalgia talking, but this was probably the best episode of the entire show so far. Felt like I was watching another episode of the Clone Wars. I had no idea how much I missed the battle droids. Also loved the funny. Mm hmm. <laughs> sassy droid. Mm-hmm. Seeing Cody made me feel so happy. Uh, and also sad to seeing him willingly work for the Empire. Uh Cody seemed to act like his usual self here. I wonder how much control the chip had over him at this point. He was yep. willing to do- disobey a direct order from an Imperial officer, and hearing how tired he sounded when he said he didn't want to start a war, another war made me feel sad for him. Uh, Cody was even calling his brothers by their names instead of numbers, which is a good comparison to the rest of the Empire and Admiral Rampart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first battle memorial was a brilliant visual to get Cody to question everything that the Empire was doing. I didn't think of that. That's a really good point, actually. Uh, that's a powerful image to look at all the yeah, that was a gorgeous shot. Cool. And then yeah, the shot I mean, of them at the end where they're standing on opposite sides of the memorial. Mm-hmm. That was gorgeous. Yeah, very cool. I didn't think of that, the the fact that it was the memorial. That's a good point. Because uh, they had all the clone names in like Arabesh, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I honestly don't want Crosshair to be redeemed, they also said. I never liked him and having him work so willingly for the Empire and not having any remorse for his actions is enough to not want him back with the Bad Batch. Even if now if it's revealed that Crosshair's chip wasn't removed and he thought it was, I'd be okay with him being redeemed. Maybe. Uh, wasn't Rex looking for someone in one of the trailers for this season? Do you think it could be Cody? Um, yes, I think it I think it definitely could be Cody because Rex and Cody are like buddy buddies. They're like the clone packaged duo. Yeah. So I think that's extremely likely, and I think that he's going to call the Bad Batch and be like, he contacted me and I need you to get him out. Yeah. I think that's very likely. On the topic of crosshair, I thought Jennifer Corbett was like, no, he got his chip out last season. Or am I crazy? He got it out, I think. Yeah, I think he did. Because he said he did. And then everybody was like, well, is he telling the truth or is he just playing them? Or does he think that he got it out? And then I thought Jennifer Corbett was like, nope, it's out. I think, yeah, because you and I, we talked about this a lot last season. And 
I'm pretty sure we saw some kind of confirmation because he, they never confirmed it directly in the show. I don't think, but I'm pretty sure some of the creators were like, no, it was it was removed. Unless they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes. Yeah, but, that's the only reason. Yeah, but there's also, a lot I, of articles. It needs to be again for writing purposes. It needs to be because then it means he chose this, which makes him an, a more interesting evil character. You know, it means that he's not just being controlled by this chip. You know what I mean? I I like the idea that he chose it like that that i like the idea that some clones are gonna sit there and be like yeah i just committed a horrible thing and i want to leave like cody like i think that's an interesting story but i think an infinitely more interesting story are clones that are going i still want this i still want to be a part of the empire and i want to serve them and i think crosshair is more interesting for that 100 percent. he's uh because that's how everyone in the galaxy feels some of them are for it some of them aren't for it but like so the ones who are doing the evil things aren't seeing their acts as being evil. Evil people don't know they're doing evil things. That's why Crosshair's doing what he's doing. He thinks what the Empire's doing is correct. So I agree with you. It's more interesting. Uh, last comment here. Uh, Neil McNulty. This episode was great. Other for, uh, for obvious reasons, it reminds me of a lot of Clone Wars. That seems to be a common theme. I always thought that the central theme of Clone Wars was identity and inv- individuality. Uh, and the theme of Bad Batch's choice, which is why there's such great companion pieces to one another. Both have dabbled in the theme of perspective. Uh, example heroes on both sides. It was very heavy. On, this episode was very heavy on perspective themes, and it's a great opportunity for very smart and th- thought-provoking television. Uh, it was a small detail, but the creativity related to the droid popper and the droidica was a little example of how some people working at Star Wars are committed to being creative in the existing universe, rather than writing in some new bigger gun. It gives me hope because I think that the people making Star Wars are people who actually love Star Wars. Thanks, mm-hmm. sorry for the long post. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's the creativity is what keeps this show and all Star Wars animated shows so interesting. And that's what got me into Star Wars to begin with was the creativity. So that's a core element of what Star Wars actually is. So totally. I also like to see them. They're they're asking really interesting questions like the complexity of like the inhibitor chip. Like I like we basically have an entire show devoted to the, the consequences of like having the inhibitor inhibitor chip in or out of your brain or like how do clones react do some of them want to leave do some of them want to stay how do they function in the galaxy once the empire has deemed them no longer useful like i this is just like a really creative time period where you can ask all these questions and you can devote an entire show to it i mean this entire show is like about the existence of clones and like what that means for the galaxy and like is the empire going to continue cloning in the future and how they how do they go about that and how do clones like fit into society? It's just, it's really interesting. It's super creative and it's a different take on Star Wars. Like, I think the show is really unique in that sense. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of the other shows have repeated a lot of those core Star Wars elements, which aren't, aren't it's not bad. But as far as like originality goes, I think Bad Batch has a foot up on them. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's an example of why we should have let one person like a Filoni write the sequels. I... Uh, there's too many hands in the pie there with the, the sequels, which is my biggest qualm with those. I don't like them. I think they ruin Star Wars in a lot of ways for me. And these shows are what's bringing me back to, like, what Star Wars means, you know, uh, and, the, and the funness behind it. Like, it just it's the building blocks. It's taking what, you know, the base of what Star Wars built and just building on top of it in really creative and fun ways. So can I can I give you a full disclosure here for a second? After. Andor, um, the Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi, I was feeling really burnt out of Star Wars because there were so many elements in those shows where I was just like, it just doesn't, 
it's not it. Like, it doesn't have the vibe. I mean, like, there are good things in each show that you can appreciate and you can pull out and you can be like, Anakin versus Obi-Wan and Kenobi was really good. Book of Boba Fett, the Cad Bane coming in was really, really good. Andor, the special effects, the the interesting take that they have on the Empire, that was really, really good. But, like, as a whole, I just felt like, like I wasn't having, like, a ton of fun. And so to kind of come back to a project that just feels like the spirit of Star Wars, it has the energy, it has, like, the dialogue, it has, like, the fun camera shots. It's like I'm feeling very reinvigorated, especially after this last episode, because, like, I did not expect this episode to go so hard and now like coming off of it i'm like yes they still have it (laughs) yeah star wars can be great and have this awesome complex story about like these characters and them struggling with their morality and the sound design and the music and it's just like it feels really good to be pumped up again yeah for sure and and to have a show that really seems to get it because honestly like any dave filoni project any lucasfilm animated project it's it's there it's been on point for me and yeah. it just hasn't missed so far. And I'm just consistently impressed with it. And so it's like, if this episode is a testament to how the rest of the season is going to go, we are in for such a kick-ass season. I am so excited for next week. I can't even tell you. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it, too. I agree with what you're saying. It's definitely reinvigorating. I'm excited. I think it'll be a fun It'll be a fun ride. I think Mandalorian is also going to be a really, a really fun ride for us. Um and we have a lot to look lots to look forward to. So uh, overall, I think my rating's probably like eight point four. Uh, so very high rating for this episode. I thought it was just expertly done, especially for an animated show. Just great Star Wars vibe throughout, and then just great storytelling, great animation, great music, all that. I think I would see. I don't know exactly on what scale we're rating it, but if if I'm just giving a rating at the top of my head, I'd say it's like a solid like nine out of ten. Oh, okay, wow. So you went really high. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad. I think a lot of people feel the same way. This was very positively received. I haven't seen any super even mildly critical things about it. And I think it'd be I mean, hard I, to. If so. we're judging it as a standalone, it stands alone really well. Yeah. Like if you just if you're just coming into an episode of Bad Batch and you're watching like a random episode from a storytelling perspective on how well it can stand by itself. This episode was up there, man. Yeah. Like, everything on, was on point. The dialogue, the the character development, the, the sound design, the music. It was just all on point. It was just a really good episode of television. Yeah. I agree. Very, very good. Very well done. We had fun. What did you guys think? Leave a note in the comments what you thought of the episode, what you think of the season so far. Uh, if you haven't already commented on our community page. What do you guys think is happening for next week? Leave your theories below. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities for what can happen this season. And we are going to do some more reaction videos coming Wednesday. We will be both reacting to the next episode of the Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 4. So make sure you guys click the notification bell. Click subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. If you're new, thank you for joining us. If you're returning, thanks for uh, sticking with us. We're going to keep plugging along here with all the amount of Star Wars content coming out. Um, click a like on this video if you guys enjoyed it. Also, click dislike. I don't care. Click dislike if you didn't like it. The engagement's good for us. Um, hopefully you stuck along throughout the whole episode. That's actually, I think what's most important is what's the, uh, what's the watch time. So I'm hoping you guys are watching throughout the whole thing. Um, you guys can listen to this podcast, not only here on YouTube, but on Apple, Spotify, anywhere else you get your podcast. There's video on Spotify too. So if you want to be on the go and you don't have YouTube premium or something, you can do it on Spotify. The video is going to be there for you. 
Also, go check out our other social channels at star underscore wars underscore pod at Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or you can shoot us an email at another star wars pod at gmail.com. And we will be back next week to break down the next episode. So that's why you guys want to subscribe. You guys want to be aware of us and our amazing opinions on the show. <laughs> um, but we have the uh, reaction videos coming up next. So in order to do that, yeah, click subscribe, click notification bell. And we'll see you guys then on another Star Wars podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. See you guys later.